the IELTS podcast. Learn from tutors and ex-examiners who are masters of IELTS preparation. Your host, Ben Worthington. So after writing so many essays, it finally came to me that I was using the same process over and over. And I was using a similar uh, system. And then I dis- I kind of reduced this down to an acronym. And then I gave this acronym to my students. And they started writing coherent, um, high-scoring uh, essays almost immediately. And I was... I was incredibly happy, but that was just the basics. That was just the beginning. And since then, that has evolved into uh, the C2 template, which students are using day in, day out. But before this, before I discovered this easy-to-follow system, I'd had a few embarrassing situations with students asking me questions that I couldn't answer. And that, as you know, um, for all the students who've been listening to a lot of tutorials that is why i started ielts podcast because i started asking tutors i started asking um professional linguistic experts exiles examiners uh i just started asking them what they were using to help their students pass and you know how they could get their students to speak confidently like professional speakers and all of this and then eventually I was testing what worked what didn't work I was writing out hundreds of essays and I found what worked and then this is how IELTS podcast was born and this is how I stumbled across this system for writing high scoring coherent essays almost automatically so I just wanted to share that before we jumped into today's episode which is what is a good score for IELTS and this today's episode Daphne is going to be joining us so how are you doing today Daphne? Hi, Ben. Hi, everybody. I think that's so cool, your story. I think that's absolutely brilliant. That You know, I, I love that that epiphany, that moment you had of, actually, this is it. I've got it. Uh, yeah. You know, how, to write, how to write this essay is fantastic. I, I was so excited, really. And I was yeah. like, wow, is it really that simple? You know, and I was like, it can't be that simple, honestly. And then I gave it to a few students. And when they followed that system, I mean, it wasn't perfect first time. Okay, we took a few modifications, um, but when I gave it to them, it instantly became much clearer. And that kind of like frustration about what do I write? Oh, I can't get any ideas. And am I contradicting myself with these two different paragraphs, these two different sentences? Um, am I writing too much? All of that, all of those issues just kind of like, I, would, I wouldn't say evaporated, but, but definitely uh, reduced. And that's Actually, once I started sharing that and once we started getting feedback from students, I started, in, and I get, get the feedback from the students saying, hey, pass my exam. That's when we started doing the interviews. Because if you look back in the past episodes, I'm only interviewing teachers. And it's not until like the 50th episode. Something mm. like, it's not until a good period of time until I start interviewing the students. Because when I started... Um, I didn't have a system in place. So anyway, let's talk about what we're going to, uh, what students will learn in this episode. We're going to look at what the scores really mean and what you need for visas and study. And this will help you understand your results, your IELTS results, and it will also help you set personal goals. And I've got an important thing I want to say about goals versus systems, which I'll get to later. 
So what exactly does a seven mean or a six point five? This this mythical seven. I mean, when I first started getting into arts band, I mean, all I could hear everybody was band seven, band seven, band seven, band seven. I kind of thought to myself, what is this band seven all about? And but it it really is a thing. Um, you know, everybody wants to get this band seven because band seven opens a lot of doors. Mm. But at the same time, unfortunately, the kind of flip side to that is that you realise how difficult it is to get this band seven mm. um, because the whole way these exam is marked and the skills that you have to show is really complicated. But so. What does a band seven really mean? Um, um, Daphne, sorry to interrupt you, but mm. I just uh, I remembered when I was talking with Maria and she'd taken, I think it was the IELTS indicator test um, yeah. because of COVID and all of this. But what she said really stuck out in my mind. She was like, I was so, she was saying something like, I was, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but she said, I was so frustrated with IELTS and it really felt like I was in a dark place in a hole and, and, then I took a step back and I realized, okay, there's plenty more going on in my life than just IELTS, you know? And I thought that perspective was so wise and it must be so useful for students because I know just from reading the emails from the students and when they send in their essays for correction and they're usually like, oh, Ben, can you really help me with this? I've taken the exam 10 times. And like, it's really easy to sort of like get this tunnel vision around oh, the yeah. IELTS. So just remember that, okay, your goal is a seven, but that there's your whole life is going on as well. And I know it is the ticket, but just try and put it all in perspective. You know, don't just get this tunnel vision on IELTS because you really uh, piling on the pressure on yourself when you start getting this tunnel vision. So just take a step back. And, you know, just remember, it's one part of the jigsaw. It's not the jigsaw piece, the most important in the world. It might be at that time, but remember, there's lots of other parts of the jigsaw that you need to complete as well. I love that. That's Ben doing his kind of looking after everybody advice. I think that's really sensible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It can, it can get overwhelming, and you know, especially if you, as you say, if you've done the exam a lot and you've got 6.5. 6.5, hey, is a good result. Goodness me. 6.5 is a really good upper intermediate user. Um, the problem is that the band seven is, is what's asked for um, mm. for so many qualifications, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And later on in this tutorial, we'll, we'll talk about 6.5 and a 7. Where traditionally, it's 7 has been like the gold standard. But mm. nowadays, I think there's a little bit of flexibility, but we'll talk about that um, later. So just briefly, a 7 is considered sort of like a, a good user. 8 is very good user, 9 is an expert, um, 6, band 6 is roughly a competent one. I think um, I think the best description is probably obviously going to come from the official site, takeieltsbritishcouncil.org, and just for, for example, an overall IELTS band 8 score implies um, you have a, f not implies, it states, sorry, you have a fully operational command of the language with only occasional unsystematic inaccuracies and inappropriate usage. You may understand some things in unfamiliar situations and you, you handle complex detailed arguments well. And that's taken officially from the IELTS, uh, the official website. Mm. So 
and, that's and a that, good guideline. It is a good guideline, and I'd absolutely stress that it's really important to get familiar with the band score descriptors, um, mm. which we do um, recommend. And quite often we mention that when we're doing the essay correction feedbacks, is you know you need to. It's worth taking the time to have a look at this and understand what the examiner is looking for and what is what what this means. This band eight or band seven. Then, and if I can can just quickly just uh, highlight a few things from the band seven, which is a good user. And the description there is has good command of English, but also occasional inaccuracies, misunderstandings or inappropriate words and can use complex language quite well and mm. understands detailed argumentation quite well. Mm. So the key, I think the key there is only occasional errors and uses complex language quite well. So you can see you, you do need to be pretty, you know, this band seven is asking a lot, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, and also I'd just like to mention that the jump from 6.5 to 7, it, it, on paper, it appears like 0.5, and that's what it is. And it appears quite small. It's only half a point, for example. However, and I think this is why a lot of students get frustrated because they're like, ah, it's only half a point. I could probably take a test again. And if I just put in extra focus time or just do a little bit more study, I can get that tiny 0.5 improvement, which is what I need. But I think um, from the, well, just from personal experience and seeing so many students stuck at 6.5, that that's not the case, that 0.5 um, can, if you want to be absolutely certain, we're talking at least a minimum of 30 days solid study. And I mean, of course it depends. If you're talking language skills, if that's what's dropping, if that's what's preventing you, then we're talking about 30 days. But if it's exam skills, then it could be as little as three days of just getting familiar with what's needed and how to write it. So really, it's really up to you as a student um, to take that responsibility and determine, OK, is it a language skill issue or an exam skill issue? Yeah. Yeah. And once you've found that out, as Ben says, you, know, you can make progress super quickly. I mean, you've had some amazing, uh, well, you were telling me about the story the other day, someone who lived within two weeks or within even less than that. Oh, um, definitely. We've had so many. And I feel a little bit bad because I published these. and, But I do, I mean, from the title, it's like, oh, jumps from band 6.5 to 7.5 in nine days. That was Melissa. Um, but yeah. I always try and stress that, okay, in these cases, um, I want to inspire you, but also, as I've just been saying, that if it's a language issue that you have, it, you're not going to have the same re results as Melissa, who did, who managed to improve her score by nine days, uh, in nine days, or Yvonne, who jumped to bands from band six to seven point five in three days. It's difficult oh. to get these results if you if you have to work on your language skills and it's exceptionally difficult if you have to work on both your exam skills and your language skills so those grades uh, those episodes we do they're there to inspire the students but take it with a grain of salt take it with a pinch of salt that um each student is um has a different experience but yeah however However, if you are working with a solid team that can confidently, um, well, basically with our course, we do offer a guarantee there. So we are obviously confident in our, res in, 
in our results and our preparation method um, but we don't say jump to band seven or it's free in 24 hours because that's just ridiculous we we <laughs> offer <laughs> we offer the, our our course is jump to band seven or it's free and it usually takes about 30 days to get through the course especially yeah. if they are in, um implementing everything that we say but it can be done in as little as uh 10 days seven days if the student is working fast exactly good okay so moving on to ielts band score results now if you love statistics then there's a great site well a great page and it's at ielts.org forward slash research forward slash test statistics you could probably just go into google and put um ielts.org test statistics statistics and there you're going to see average scores according to gender and according and uh exam format so regarding okay, so academic on, who, and general who scores better the girls or the boys <laughs> <laughs> the females the females score better they do have slightly higher <laughs> scores which i found surprising because when i was a general teacher um i noticed that the 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 females they were they got to and they did grasp concepts uh, quicker, but they kind of lacked the confidence that the guys did. But they were um, they were better equipped with not just with um, speaking, but with in all aspects. And I think this is I think it's because women speak more. Maybe I don't know. I don't oh. want to be sexist there, but I think I think <clears throat> it could be the reason. That's definitely true. That's definitely, of course we do. Um, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite interesting though, because although I think, uh, I think maybe a lot of the um, women maybe lack confidence or exam confidence, um, I think often they might be more precise. Yes. Um, so I think they would probably, once they've got confidence and then they have the precision, then I think those two, that's a winning format. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on for IELTS Academic, the general score, the, or the average score, sorry, is 6.1, which is surprisingly surprisingly low. And then for yeah. IELTS general, the overall is 6.6. Um, okay. So just going into a little bit more detail, for IELTS academic, the listening, the average score is 6.3. For reading, 6.2. For writing, 5.2. Six, which is well really? below the 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 beloved or uh, the high demanded seven, and then wow. for speaking, it's six as well. So quite low scores there. And then for the yeah, general, they look quite low. Yeah. yeah. What are the scores uh, for general on general average? All, yeah, general is always a bit higher. So the general, the the overall, as you said, was six point six. So listening six point eight, reading six point five, both respectable. Uh, writing 6.2 so quite a big difference between the academic writing 5.6 and mm. then this general 6.2 and speaking also higher 6.7 interesting and i think if we i mean if we just focus on the writing the task two question is slightly different it's going to be yes. more like science academic based for the writing but the biggest difference is obviously task one whereas in academic you do the graphic whereas in the general you write a letter and it just confirms i mean assuming that this um 
big difference in the points, assuming it's because of the biggest difference, which is task one. It kind of confirms what we've always been saying here, that the general task one is easier because it's letter writing and we've got this specific format and we've got these specific phrases that you need to learn. And it just confirms that it is an easier writing exam than the academic writing exam. Yeah, and, and I suppose, to, I mean, that really, that if you put the the different exams in the context, that does make sense, though, because the IELTS academic is really for this um, professional qualifications or for high-level university study, um, whereas the general training may be for a profession. Um, so, you know, not a medical profession, but it may be, you know, they, they're for different purposes, aren't they, the exams? Ex exactly, exactly. You know what would be really cool to see would be that the examiners give scores back based on this decimal system so instead of 0 0.5 6.5 7.5 if they did it 6.2 6.4 or 6.9 and then the students would get a real specific idea of where they're standing but i guess that's just wishful thinking i doubt it's going to I change think it would be um, ben i think it'd be far more helpful I mean, yeah don't you you know then you've really because you know people who've done their exam again and again and again at least you'd know okay exactly i, I, I am moving forward here <laughs> exactly exactly and also this is also wishful thinking but ideally i would love to see the student get back maybe their exam paper so they could see where they've gone wrong both for the speaking and the writing and mm. i think this way they would be able to improve a lot lot faster because this is exactly what we do when we're giving feedback on the writing or the speaking we pinpoint where you as a student are losing points and this enables you to improve much much faster and it's it's a shame that the i mean i guess they've got a lot on their plate at the moment but it's a shame you don't get that same um detailed feedback in the official exam as you do when you're preparing yeah the report it then I mean, you get a report but it's pretty it's, excuse me it's pretty general isn't it it's not actually that helpful exactly exactly okay so moving on um Right. So as you know, nowadays you can take the IELTS indicator test, which I think is a definite, definitely a good way to get started, especially if you are in lockdown at the moment. And you can also do sample tests. And I strongly recommend doing these sample tests from IELTS.org. Um, and also probably using official materials such as the Cambridge books rather th because if you're doing it from the official website or using official books you know you're going to be on the right track I'm yeah. I'm not I don't want to criticize IELTS tests online.com I think it's a wonderful service by providing all these tests um, but if you are doing, I mean, it's better doing those tests than doing no tests. But I think if you want to be absolutely certain that this test you are doing is at the same level of difficulty as you're going to face in the exam, then you need to be going with official material. You know, yeah, I'd absolutely, I'd absolutely endorse that because I think the danger is that you can get confident doing a certain kind of test, and then you say, "Okay, that's great, I've got it." And then you come to the exam, and you think, "Oh, hang on a minute, this is different, um, or it's much harder," and you. That just gives you more to stress about. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was inquiring about getting a reading test done by a test writer. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous amount. It's something like eight hundred. No, probably more. Like over a thousand dollars to get an official test written. Uh, and even then, sorry, it wouldn't be official, but it would be 
by a uh, exam writer who's written tests before, but it was over a thousand dollars, and I'm I'm skeptical whether you know whether the other sites have paid that amount to get those official tests and put yeah. semi not even official tests, but to get them done by X exam writers um i'm skeptical so i just uh, as i said doing some tests doing tests is better than doing no tests uh, but ideally you want to be doing official tests uh, from cambridge or from a cambridge.org and then if you do the official test that's gonna the highlight areas of weakness i suppose ben isn't it absolutely absolutely yeah you're going to you're going to spot your weaknesses you can work on those and as we said before getting feedback will also speed up this uh process and we've had past students who've done this um and also you're going to sort of like be able to test different strategies and one strategy that i really want to share was from vnod uh, we interviewed Vinod about a month ago. He mm. shared a wonderful strategy for how he got 8.5 in the listening. You're best wow. going to just put into Google IELTS Podcast Vinod and listen to the whole tutorial there. But very, very briefly, he said that he used meditation and yoga to improve his concentration skills. He said, That's amazing. Yeah, he said that he broke up the exam. Uh, by focusing intensely for 10 minutes each section. So after 10 minutes, he'd just give himself a small breather, maybe look away from the paper, think about something else, and then come back to it. And this like, mini reset helped him stay hyper-focused for the next 10 minutes. And then finally, which I think was absolutely crazy, and f- full hats off to him, but he did each listening exam six times until he got 39, a minimum of 39 out of 40. Wow. Yeah, wow. and he didn't just stop there, Daphne. He carried on, and, and he would write down all the synonyms from every single test. Uh, That's and brilliant. Yeah, he discovered that there's about 25 synonyms from each listening test that he did. So after about four tests, he had 100 synonyms. And guess who mm. has a list of those synonyms? Mm. He's got that. That's no, incredible. I've got it. I've got it now. You've got it. Whoa. <laughs> yes, nice I asked one. him. Yeah, I asked him for that list. And oh, fantastic. Yes, this is going to be, as I said in the other tutorial, it's going to be incorporated into the IELTS tutorial, oh. IELTS materials um, ebook that we give to students once they sign up for the IELTS podcast email list, which I strongly recommend students do because on that list we offer advice. Um, we give special offers for, for you to get feedback uh, for your essay corrections for, and your speaking feedback, um, speaking corrections. And now in this IELTS material PDF, you're going to find those 100 synonyms, which will definitely that is help a, that you. Is an, that's an absolute gift because this is the biggest problem, I think, in the reading and in the listening, isn't it? Is even though you're not going to hear the same words in the question or read the same words in the question as you hear in the listening um and the whole thing is about listen about being aware of these synonyms and and at speed you've got to do this really quickly too haven't you exactly exactly and this is wow. another thing that um which would come under ex- exam skills because it's yeah. not natural to extract so much information from a single uh sort of like 
um, chunk of audio because very rarely do you get put in those situations in real life. Very That's rarely. True. So this yeah, is we're not listening intensively like that, are we? Exactly, exactly. So this is a great example of some of these exam skills that you need to develop. All right, so um, let's just move on. Um, as we said, um, there's about 40 points available for the listening and for the reading and doing practice tests is the best way to do that obviously you've got different strategies available online be careful though when you are reviewing these different strategies be careful not to fall into what we call motion rather than action and motion is basically when uh, for example a um, a student wants to learn how to write a task to essay so they watch three hours of tutorials on YouTube or even they buy course and watch five hours of tutorials that's motion that's good it's useful but don't get stuck in that state you need to distinguish between motion and action and action is when you put pen to paper and get writing this is okay. why after about five tutorials in our online course we, sh we get students writing and taking action because we know from experience that it's only through action and feedback are you going to really improve. That's where the real improvement happens. Yeah, I think that's such a good that's such good advice. It's very easy to sit there watching something thinking, yeah, great, I'm learning. But until you actually put that, write that down um, and test yourself almost by writing that first essay, uh, you're not really going to see how much of that has gone in. Exactly, exactly. It's like um, an overweight person trying to lose weight by watching tutorials on the keto diet or, or um, veganism to lose weight. They're not going to lose weight until they start either doing some sport or changing their diet. Watch, reading those tutorials and watching those videos, they're still going to end up, they're still going to be overweight. Makes it sound simple, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and just, uh, just a side note, um, the... Uh, what's it uh, the distinguish the clarification between motion and action i can't take credit for this i got it from a book a great book about habits it's called atomic habits by james clear so if you struggle with getting your house in order so to speak if you struggle being, and we all do this is why i was reading the book and you know i struggle with being productive all the time this is why i ended up reading the book uh, but it's it goes into it much more detail and this is where I, I took a lot of um, valuable information from that book and I put it in different tutorials, but I condensed the most important that, um, parts down to the first module in our new updated Jump to Band 7 Notes free online writing course. That's brilliant. Yeah, there's, there's this whole thing, isn't there, about, I mean, slightly different, but about procrastination as well, which Oof. is a big thing for so many people. Uh, so, oh, okay, yeah. I'll do it later. Yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. <laughs> um, you guys go back to this, um, the Nike thing, uh, the Nike uh, slogan, just do it. Exactly. Yeah, just do it. You're going to exactly. feel so much better once you start. Yeah, just to go, just to follow this tangent, um, uh, when I was starting out with IELTS podcast, you have no um, no idea how many projects I failed at before that. And the reason was was because um, I would start it, but I wouldn't finish the project. So when I started the IELTS podcast, my goal was just to get to 100 podcasts. That's it. Now we're well over 300, uh, to, through, well over 300 podcasts. Um, wow. And I would suffer from procrastination because I get bored. I got the shiny object syndrome. So what I'm saying is that we all struggle 
with this and it's up to you to sort of like deal uh, to solve this problem and I think having a structured plan to follow makes it immensely easier Absolutely. It's almost like there's someone's there with you. Uh, same as if you're doing the feedback um, and you're, you're writing the essays. You know, we're there with you. Come on, where's the next essay? Keep going, keep going. Exactly. Um, you you exactly. committed and, and you, you need to kind of keep moving, don't you? Exactly. Um, when, just one last thing and then we'll move on to the requirements. But when you get feedback, um, especially with us, um, you get a video tutorial back, your own personal video tutorial of your own essay. And it really is like an ex-IELTS examiner looking over your shoulder while you're writing your essay and giving you the guidance. And with that level of input and that level of guidance, uh, all detailed, all specific, all unique to your unique situation, it's difficult not to improve, basically, mm-hmm. and it's difficult. Yeah. And because you're improving so fast, you've got this momentum, and you've got you're more motivated, which is a massive factor when it comes to IELTS preparation. So I think this is why we get so many students on our podcast as success stories, and they really put it down to like getting the feedback. And one last thing they've put in the work as well it's not just a case of buying the course and oh i've passed ielts a week later no you've got to put in the work as well totally but hopefully we'll keep you motivated so that you want to keep on going (laughs) exactly exactly okay so ielts requirements we're going to go through this um quite briefly because now as daphne and me and myself were talking about before this tutorial the goalposts are changing because of covid everything's up in the air and up for grabs basically um or out of reach if you're in lockdown so it's really is a crazy situation at the moment yeah it's it's so true but we've we've been talking about this a lot together haven't we and students have been giving us some really tangible examples of this where um traditionally you'd have said okay for university in the uk you need a band seven um definitely for the post-grad study um and for immigration mostly you need a seven in most air in most of the papers um but there are a few little loopholes coming in because there's a shortage of students uh, who want to go to university because it may be difficult to travel um, so there are vacancies at a lot of these UK universities, I know. Um, and I think you had a story about immigration as well, didn't you, that in Canada? Yeah, it was Amandeep who yes. realised that the, the immigration authorities in Canada were not going to meet their quota because the travel restrictions had come into place. So there wasn't this new influx of immigrants that they would usually receive. So they decided to, in order to meet the quota, they were going to be more flexible with the immigrants they already had in Canada. So they've kind of relaxed or they were less stringent with the requirements. So Amandeep, you need to listen to the whole tutorial, but Amandeep jumped on that immediately uh, and basically rushed and worked as fast as possible to get his scar, get his application in, um, and responded to all the requirements that they were sending him. And he basically saw that opportunity. There's a small window of opportunity that, and he saw it open and he took it. Uh, So that's just one example of how it's become a little bit uh, easier, perhaps for some students in some situations. And there's just one other thing that I want to add that, and I've always said that, that here in the west that what is black and white 
I mean, there are rules, but there's also a little bit of flexibility. Like, um, you know, admissions boards will, uh, for example, I'll just I'll give my per, my personal example. Um, when I got my A level results, um, I had a few conditional offers, and then I got thrown into this um, process called clearing, which a lot of academic students will be aware of where you know it's a bit of a free-for-all and you've got to ring up the universities but in this case I was ringing them up and I was saying hey I've got this this and this will you accept me I know that the course to do this course I need these grades but I will do this and this and this so it's almost like bargaining you know and yeah. this is this is pre crazy this, yeah it's, I mean when you think about it it's crazy really to be kind of ringing up and selling yourself for these places but I mean wow it's a, it's a skill Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and this, I think, this is quite common in the West, whereas I know in other parts of the world that the rules are rules and there's no negotiation, there's yeah. no interpretation. It's like it's black and white. Um, so what I'm saying is that in the West, there is a little bit of room for manoeuvre and it's almost looked upon favourably if the student has got enough ambition to start negotiating or at least offer sort of like um sort of like okay I didn't I missed the grade slightly but what I'll do to compensate is I'm going to take this course I'm going to take this course and I'm going to do this and it just shows the sort of like um ambition but also acumen um and enthusiasm so it's like okay do I want a student who's meets the requirement and is not even interested or do I want the student who almost meets the requirement but is just over the moon and dying to get into this course and get into this university and this whole point this flexibility that I'm talking about has expanded due to COVID because just one last thing and then we'll move on <laughs> I'm sorry to go out of it but one last <laughs> thing um that in the uh in the west as a profit-based system of education and international students with scholarships or with their own private funds they bring a lot of money into the system so on the one hand they've got to keep up academic requirements um so they're not teaching a bunch so the whole class isn't there with no comprehension of english so on the one hand they've got to keep up the requirements but on the other hand they've got to survive they've got to make Mm. money and this is um, never being more important than at this exact moment in time with COVID, with borders closed, uh, with travel restrictions, it's become it's just basically turned the world completely upside down. And this is why we've got the IELTS indicator. So the ball's in your court. That's what I want to say. Mm. And I mean IELTS, as you said before, you know that it's, it's the world's main instrument for English language assessment, isn't it? It's an incredibly widely taken exam, and it's extremely highly respected. Um, mm. And I think we said it's taken in over 140 countries, and 10,000 organisations accept it. So it's, it's you know, it, it's worth uh, asking your institution if you haven't got exactly what you want. It's definitely worth asking and seeing if you can uh, find a way around it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, and there's just, uh, let's see. I mean, as we keep saying, there's the the IELTS indicator test, there's the life skills, there's different sort of like different tests. So you really need to find out what your organization or what your situation is requesting from you. But also, 
in a lot of cases just stay up to date this is exactly what Amandeep was doing he was like um, he was really on the ball with regards to what's happening with his immigration situation he saw that they've extended the window he he somehow found out that they were being a little bit uh, less uh, strict with the criteria that they've you know by opening up the window and he jumped on that and that's how he's managed to get his invite for permanent residency and just being on the ball in that exact moment has changed the course of his life significantly because if he gets PF in Canada it's a game changer oh totally yeah exactly okay so i think that's everything and remember if you are struggling with ielts you're not alone come to ieltspodcast.com sign up for the uh newsletter we send out information every single week with tutorials with skills with tips with success stories and special offers for essay correction and remember as well we've also got the apps where you can get the transcript just go to the google play store and put um ielts ben worthington uh, likewise in the app store just put ben, ben Worthington IELTS and you'll get the newest downloads you'll get special offers and it'll honestly make your life a whole lot easier by the way one example of these special offers uh, last week and we do this quite frequently but we offer essay corrections for just five dollars which is ridiculously low normally they're going for nineteen dollars but <laughs> <laughs> so we offer these corrections for like five dollars which is ridiculously low but the idea is that we get you started and you can a- immediately identify where the problems are with regards to your and writing. I'm just going to add a little plea, a little plea in there. Please don't send me your $5 essay feedback a day before your exam. I can't tell you how many people <laughs> say, uh, hey, can I have feedback because my exam's tomorrow? And I'm going, no. <laughs> send a plan in advance, okay? Send it to, to us in advance, and then we can help you much more than a day. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Good point. I mean, Fair, well done for taking action, but I think the, yeah. the students that get the best results are the ones who, you know, take a plan 10 days, 30 days, whatever, depending on the situation. But the planning is crucial here for success. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, that's it from Daphne and myself. And, yep, just keep moving forward. Remember, action not motion you will get there in the end and you've got Daphne and myself and Ellen um, here at IELTS Podcast who are more than happy to help you keep moving forward and improving so uh, have a great day and good luck thanks everyone good luck IELTSpodcast.com